Hello. Good. You, yeah. Can you hear me now? I can hear myself as well. Good. This is perfect. Program. All right. We'll be good to go. Let's just not try not to uh, drag stuff on the table or move the tripod because then we'll get lots of noise. Uh, we don't have to look in the camera. No. No, every now and then for yeah. a bit of creative. Hey, did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was funny. <laughs> Is that inspired by someone else? Like, uh, who came up with the podcast and who inspired you to do uh, to, uh, to start off with that? We just, just sat together. together. Yeah, Chris and Jack, they're not here today, but yeah. yeah we, ah, okay, they came up with it. And 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 I can't remember the first. The first I think I think it started. We were sitting. Are we already recording? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This yeah. Is it. You're live. This You're this actually live now. Yeah, we're yeah. not performing. This yeah. is just discussing what we're doing. Everybody yeah. in Hollywood is watching you. Yeah. This, this is your yeah. getting talky. It was this, we're sitting in your bar, yeah. and we're having fun talking to each other, and, and mm -hmm. we thought, <laughs> here's yeah. the concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Because then we, we were talking about how to expand the Zurich comedy scene, and uh, Chris came up with the idea of doing all our stand-up shows live on Periscope, which is a good idea, we haven't yet tried, but... I had this idea in mind for a little while and then we also collectively came to this idea that maybe we should do a podcast where because that day we sat together for like nearly an hour and a half or nearly two hours we were just poking fun at each other and it, was just, it just felt like oh this is good mm -hmm. if we'd recorded this this would have been good and we're like yeah let's do this and the te there was no team Ben tried to inculcate a team but we didn't quite listen to him. And now you regret and now, today. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. We'll I was right. I'm counting the points. Time so that I was right <laughs> and times that Gurjot was right. And so that's it's one for me at the moment. All right, all right. <laughs> but I'm always right. <laughs> so the idea for the, the open mic comedy night, I think it was that thrill on English Forum. Yes, that was gone. Started a few years ago, and then I mean you, that thread, yeah, that thread then was you, launched in 2007. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And then, then when someone you probably moved here. Yeah, I, I joined English Forum in 2007. Yeah. Were you yeah, part of that thread before? No, I don't think maybe I was, because I was also at um, the Funny Laundry. I was doing, oh, right. I was doing the, the catering. Yeah, I was bringing cheese sandwiches down from there on a Friday evening. What's, what's the funny laundry? Funny laundry is the guy guy who does it on the Friday nights ah, at the mascot okay. yeah. And uh, and yeah, and they had like amateurs on at half time and I thought, I wanna do that. But in the funny laundry, the mascot, you know, you've got like two, three hundred people who are paid to yeah. see professional comedians and I, like, <laughs> I had the idea of the what I wanted to do yeah. for like two, three years. Interesting because that is exactly the same forum I got uh, to know that there is uh, yeah, a thing so like a stand up in, in Zurich. The way it went was so that thread originated back in 2007 yeah. and then it died out. The last post was like 2010. It, 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 it died really a few anywhere. times. Yeah, it never really went anywhere. <laughs> and then it so it first, it, first it was Jack, Jack reborn it, or you did it. Yeah, and then, and and then, then 2010, when I arrived, to, I arrived yeah. to Zurich in 2010 uh, and, yeah. and I tried to revive it. <laughs> But it didn't and happen. Again, yeah. And then when I moved here last year, 
I wanted to do stand-up because all my friends were like, yeah, you should give it a shot. And I was like, I should give it a shot. And I thought, Zurich's a big city. I'm sure they will have stand-up, but they okay. didn't. Entertainment capital of the world. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's but amazing. That they, and, and, then, yeah. and then at my, that time, then I, I got my own bar, and I yeah. thought we could we could do this here yeah. in the summer. It's just like, as long as it doesn't get too big, we could do it. So then I yeah. got in touch with you guys, and then we did some private messaging, and it says, "Come on!" Yeah. And, it, and then even then, it took six months. Because yeah. <laughs> you, know. yeah. you think Zurich, this would be it, Zurich but it took slow. another eight months. Yeah. Yeah. Zurich, Zurich is slow. it Zurich or us? It's a bit of, I mean, we've got, we all got things going on as well. But. Yeah, it was very interesting. I remember we met on the first week of November last year. It was just uh, me, Mike, Jack, and Ben showed up also. And we said, all right, let's do it in the new year. We'll do it January. This is it. And when then January came and went. No one spoke. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then there was another email going around. All right, February. Let's do it in February. No one spoke. March came by. No one, anything. I think I, I received three emails from Jack saying, all right, now this time yeah. I'm determined yeah. to make it happen. Are you in? I do. Yes. <laughs> and then finally during Easter... Bye. And then finally during the Easter break, Jack messaged me and like, are you still in? Like, Obviously. <laughs> and then we finally met, I remember we met here. Then we met here Sunday afternoon. Yeah. 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 And then Chris joined as well. Uh, it was you, Jack, Mike, me, and there was another Swiss guy, like a young, um, was, uh, uh, who, ma who made his debut. Yeah, Mike. But that was later. He didn't show. That was a bit later. He did the second he, or third. He did one. it in. Ah August. no, but our first meeting w was not here. Was it at your bar? Yeah, the first one. Yeah, that was yeah. back in November. But the one, um, one but Easter meeting was right before <laughs> when we finally did it in May. That was here. Uh, I was. I don't think I was there. there. Uh, Chris was here, and that's when we made a Facebook event. We're like, all right, this is official now. Yeah, just make it. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> That's how. <laughs> After we decide, okay, now we're gonna we're gonna make an event on Facebook. Yeah, if it's on Facebook, it's official. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's amazing looking at the, the actual equipment you need to to get that thing started. That it took such a long time to, to get made. I mean, it's a, a, a microphone and a, a very shitty PA system. Yeah. I think we're all scared, you know. To be yeah, honest. yeah. I, I I can imagine. It yes. is pretty scary. I was actually, I, I couldn't go on stage at my own bar because it felt uncomfortable. I was in my own bar playing this character and it just he was He was due to perform the first few gigs yeah. and... Yeah, and I, just, and I just felt it wasn't right. And then when he says, come on, let's go to McGee's and do one there, I thought, okay, now I've got to do it because I've got no excuse now. But you, you think you're going to do it uh, again at your bar? If we do want to do it, my bar will have to be in the spring, I think. I can't see if I can do it. But you would be willing to do it in your bar? Yeah, because I'm not working at the bar anymore. Okay. Some people say, just why, why don't we do it here? But the problem is, the acoustics are bad, and it closes at eight o'clock, and, and it's open to the public. People come in, you know, yeah, people walking by outside yeah. doing the drama. Mm -hmm. So, so Mike, you're an entrepreneur in Zurich. You're not the likely candidate to be a passionate about stand-up comedy or wanting to go on stage. So, like, what? What where, where do you like it, it from? I'm doing something really different. I'm the English guy selling British cheese to the Swiss. And I've learned over doing this seven years now, eight, eight years, is that the Swiss really like the British. They really like the British and they like our sense of humor. And so I use humor to sell cheese. 
quite often I'm making jokes and I'm actually using English humour. I say, this, and this is a joke, this, the Swiss like the English into humour and sometimes they even pretend they understand it. But <laughs> they, they, they like our sense of humour and they really want to be able to have humour like us. And so yeah, I've, I've, I've become a bit of a comedian just selling cheese, you know, I'm just having a bit of fun. And they like it and it works. No, and, you, and, and I've always said, if you can make somebody laugh, you can sell them anything. Yeah, and if as long as someone's laughing, they want to buy from you. And if you're laughing, and you do it innocently, you know, like so that's where I, that's where it came from. And then the funny laundry on the Friday nights when I was doing the catering, doing the cheese sandwiches there. Um, then um, I got to go and serve some beer. I'm working yeah. tonight, right? Uh, so so, so, so to, to explain to our million yeah. listeners, yeah, <laughs> Mike, Mike is. We're, we're doing this podcast at the location where Mike works and he's doing this during his working time so he has to go and serve people's beer and say goodbye um, he actually has to serve me a beer <laughs> Mike <laughs> so how do you because you said okay your friend said you should try comedy yeah but you know That can't be like the only event that took you into comedy, because... No, no, well, so, I... This must sound so distant to you guys, because I was in university. Like, I still am, but I was doing a bachelor, like, last year. <laughs> so it must seem very distant to you, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, during my bachelor's, I, I was just a funny... I used to do theater, and I still do theater, but... I was just the funny guy in the group, always. So, uh, a how things have changed now? How things have changed now, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm oh. gonna put, count one more point for me. <laughs> But a friend of mine who uh, was also the director of the play that I worked in, uh, he kept pushing me. You, know, you should do it. You should do it. You, I'll, I'll find you a spot. You should because the open mic scene in India is very nascent right now, but but it's growing much with like great um, gusto. I mean, we've got a couple of cities: Delhi, Bombay, Bangalore, Kolkata, and they've had they've got their good uh, comedy scene growing. So it's like you should do it. You should do it. And I, and then I moved to Zurich. So. <laughs> It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> What? What do you I'm learning English tonight. So. All right. But uh, so I thought. Well, I move. What? Like I said, I thought I'm moving to Zurich. Zurich will have open mic opportunities. But it didn't. But then apart, the creator. Apart from funny laundry. Apart from the funny laundry, but then he only allows like one maximum yeah. two slots on a professional evening, and it is pretty daunting. I actually went on stage when I was doing the catering there. Uh, before the before the audience came in, I was like preparing, I went on stage and the microphone was on, and all you can see is this big room black with two yeah. big spotlights. You can see the front row of seats, yeah. and you're, hello, testing, and all you've got to use your voice coming back. I thought, this is terrifying, because yeah. you can't see the audience. <laughs> and I know when you're doing public speaking, if you can see yeah. the audience. But isn't it helps. better if you don't see the audience? No. Like Because sometimes seeing the... Well, for me, not. Yeah, because I I try if I see the, the the eyes the yeah. looks then I try I interpret no, the, what they're thinking and I, mean, I do a lot of public speaking yeah. and the one thing I learned is that when you get an audience right at the beginning when you go on you look for a couple of friendly faces yeah I mean not necessarily friends but there's something sympathetic about yeah. them right. and you know that person is not going to be 
throwing potatoes at me or something like that. <laughs> and then my, I talk around, look in the room, but I've got three or four friendly faces, which I do actually look at eye to eye. I don't look yeah. at anyone else. It's just like three or four friendly faces. And, faces. Yeah. and if it's a black wall, and you can only just see like three people at the bottom just sat up looking there like this and you've got two big spotlights in your eyes that's yeah, that seems scary dark. to me mm. yeah but wasn't that wasn't one of my worries because i've been doing theater so yeah getting on stage wasn't a problem it was getting the right opportunity i, mean, I did find out about the international comedy club but they were not quite accommodating for someone who's never done it before. You know, I mean, you can show up and be like, I want to do it, but I don't think it's ideal because your first time could go really well and you would think really very highly of yourself, mm -hmm. or it could go really bad because it's 300 people who've just seen a professional comedian and yeah. then you go on stage and yeah. do five minutes of ridiculous stuff and then that could break your heart. So which is why I thought there has to be a smaller venue or smaller event. Created this. So we did it. Yeah. Um, right. So have you ever been to the international uh, comedy no. club? No. We should. We should. Doing there, right? No, no. No. You spoke to Guy though, and Guy said that you should. I, you should I, I did, and uh, I have. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit scared now. You <laughs> talking about 300 people? Uh, <laughs> I didn't figure that uh, you'll be able to fit 300 people into the Moscow. To be honest, uh, but maybe, maybe it's 200. Maybe yeah, maybe, maybe it's 100 <laughs> tops. <laughs> but, but anyway, no, I'm actually. You can fit foreigners. They, they don't have the same. Yeah, we stand up. But uh, uh, I'm actually in line for uh, trying myself uh, on Friday next week. Yeah. And I'm a little bit uh, hesitant and a little bit scared of doing that. Uh, first thing is I don't think I'm properly prepared as usual. And I would like to have some sort of uh, confidence going on stage, which is... Uh, uh, which I don't see happening <laughs> in the remaining amount of time I have to, to generate that or, uh, or get that. Yeah. Maybe you need a little bit of a like mini workshop. So, I mean, that's one idea I had that we just, we have our uh, uh, comedy nights, you know, with the audience and everything. And I think you guys have spoke before about doing like, just like one or two of you, just like, uh, yeah, well, just I, I, do, I, I do regularly with Chris and yeah. uh, we're going to do one soon also. One, one idea I, I have is like on, on like Tuesday, Wednesday nights when it's quiet here, we can just like stand up, stand up here just with us and maybe with a couple of other friends yeah. of ours. Yeah. It's just like, and it's just like informal, it's not a performance. Yeah. It's just like, hey, we're doing some practice comedy, who wants to come along and, yeah. and we even put it on, on the Facebook page, say this is not performance, it's yeah. just a, a practice night. Um, and, 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 you know, and, and just like two or three, five minutes, maximum five minutes again, but maybe two or three minutes. Just yeah. like, hey guys, I want to run this scene yeah. over. I've got this idea for the scene. What do you reckon? Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is we are called Open Mics Comedy Nights, which is an open mic. But with uh, the sets we do, they aren't quite uh, testing material anymore. You know, because usually not what, what it's not quite suitable for testing material anymore because we've become the only place you can actually do it. Because you know what professional comedians do, they go to open mics and test their material, mm -hmm. which is what you just said, you mm -hmm. just stand yeah, up yeah, with friends, yeah. and then they go do their shows. Yeah, For true. us, yeah. the open mic has become our the show. show. It, yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is our yeah. show. Well, but mm -hmm. I guess that, that's also funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, even I, I don't think professional comedians just go, oh, I'm just going to go to the open mic. Like, they still... I think that they are, they are, because they are so good in what they do that they still 
rehearse to a certain level, yeah. even for the open mic. Like I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't believe. I mean, I don't know. I don't know professional comedians personally, but but. I thought Chris I've was professional now. He got a booking, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that can count. That counts. But um, you know, I've been to some open mics where there are there are people who are professionals and they they come with a really well already like set yeah. routine even though it's just trying yeah, it's yeah. it's it's already at a level that's mm -hmm. that's quite high i've got professional comedians they have writers anyway working with yeah them. Like, so the, the top the top ones have writers working with them as well so yeah it's, it's a very polished i thought the top ones are, had an orchestra as well yeah. because you know like and whenever they have a new host so for like the tonight show or something like yeah. the band gets replaced really and they oh, bring yeah. their new band right. yeah, yeah, yeah. and so and i think we're not we're not tonight show material because we're not, not yet. we don't no, have no. the band <laughs> no actually i well, think that's only with the uh, talk shows yeah the talk shows <laughs> yeah and uh, i don't think uh, so right now the tonight show the jimmy fallon they have the roots playing the band uh, but they aren't associated with Jimmy Fallon at all. I remember uh, watching one of the shows where they actually talked about how they had to go look for a band and they found the roots when Jimmy Fallon was appointed. Okay. But I imagine who wants to be uh, associated with uh, Fallon? Mr. Fallon? I yeah. don't know. He's, he's just <laughs> the, the worst. So it's unbelievable. You don't like him? No, he's I, so yes. fake. He's really? it's unbelievable. Yeah, you just say it's hi, unbelievable. Jimmy, and he goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they all are. No, 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 no. no. They all he like has, Conan O'Brien, David Letterman. Yeah, like, it's the job of a talk show host to like laugh at no, everything but, the, but, the but guests yeah, will say. But Jimmy goes. <laughs> he's, he's like a Bollywood movie, like uh, you know, <laughs> this much over the top. This much over the top, <laughs> like, and also for an English audience, the American, yeah, like that can be really over the top, and you're just looking silly, yeah, you know. Yeah. Whereas the English talk show hosts, they they don't overreact. Yeah, they can be very funny, like no. Michael Parkinson was. Or, or the Alan Carr. Alan Carr is very funny yeah, yeah. too. Uh -huh. <laughs> Which is why English comedians <laughs> do but, but he is, he is, he's quite funny, I think. Uh, I think one of my favorite talk shows was uh, the one with uh, Craig Ferguson. Yeah, the Scottish guy. Yeah, 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 that was good. I think because it was so different from everything else you had on at that time, even now, I mean, he just didn't give a fuck. The first thing he did when the guest came on was tear his script yeah. away, like that unscripted. Was like, yeah, that and was he, like in the script then already I mean, yeah, when he did it. Of course, it wasn't the script, but <laughs> there was this one show where he just sat down with Morgan Freeman, I believe, and just talked about what is this life. Just 20 minutes of just talking about what is this life, and he's like, oh, you've got a movie coming on, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, just because they have to talk about the movie, of course. So right. It was like 30 seconds of that. The other 20 minutes were just talking about what is this universe, what is this life. So that's so if we're talking different. about uh, 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 late night comedy, what, what do you think of uh, what's the guy's name again? The one, the one replaced, uh, the one which replaced uh, David Letterman. Nah, oh. David Letterman. David Letterman. Uh, it's uh, the one Jimmy who. Jimmy Kimmel. No, no, the who one who ran for. Uh, for uh, for uh, as a as a Democrat for, uh, as a Republican uh, last election season uh, as a politician and he was a comedian as well. What's his name? What? Yeah. I don't I don't watch much TV these days. So he, he replaced. Uh, uh, he got the spot from David Letterman. He, uh, his name oh, is. Oh, uh, Seth Meyers. No, 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 no. 
Well, that's all the <laughs> late night. No, no, no. There, there is another one. There is another one. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember his name. Probably will come, and if it does, I will tell you. <laughs> Just yeah. like your every set. Stephen <laughs> Colbert. Stephen yeah. Colbert. Yeah, that's right. He's good. He's, he's oh, he didn't run as a Republican. He is a Republican. It was a joke. Yeah. No, no, but he did run as a Republican. Of course, he was a joke. And he did run as a Republican in uh, in the uh, election did four he? years ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, I know he yes, is he a did. Republican, but I don't know. He no, but he doesn't. I don't know if he's a Republican like in real life. He but is. he had like this persona where he ran yes. as a Republican. I mean, as, but, but isn't it funny that he created this character ten years ago? Yeah. And it's now all coming true yeah, with, yeah. with Trump. <laughs> yeah. Like I bought his. He had. A, he wrote a book called. I am American, so can you. <laughs> and which was like, you know, a program. Mm -hmm. if, and it's like, it's Donald Trump's program. <laughs> so he talks about building a wall for... for I, he actually did that in the book? Yes, okay. it's, it's all in the book. You, that book, yeah. which was published, I don't know. I mean, I bought it when I was in New York, like, I don't know, five, six years ago. And it's it's all happened. And the Mexicans are going to That sounds just like extremist religion. It's all in the book. It's in the book. Yeah, yeah. hallelujah. We can you imagine. Do you think he must feel guilty? It's like, oh, what have I done? Did he create that, or no, or no. was he a, a mirror to what was what so society was creating? A mirror of what a lot of the rednecks would uh, think has been acceptable. Mm. It's like Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he he plays the American redneck. Um, audience and and when you see when you see him on stage, I mean, it, it's just sometimes it's so embarrassing. Mm -hmm. But you know, the jokes are against the audience, and the audience are all laughing, and the camera pans around the audience, looking at all these rednecks in the I audience. I have sometimes like, a hard time believing that he's uh, playing a character. He does it so well. I don't know if he does it so no, well or does, if he's like ninety percent of this is no Larry the Cable Larry the Cable Guy. I'm taking notes. Yeah. He's a little bit of the inspiration on my on my Yorkshire character, that type of thing. Quite a bit innocent, yeah. innocent, stupid yeah. guy who's a bit of a redneck. And, uh, and but that brings us to you. You have experience, uh, yeah, it. I thought you'd never ask. Yeah, no, Thank you the, so the much. Multilingual, <laughs> yeah. multilingual comedy. Yeah. Well, where did it all begin? Where did it all begin? The French comedy scene. I mean, first I remember. When I was like 10, 11, I went to see this uh, comedy trio in France called, so in French they're called Les Inconnus, which is the, the unknown. All right. Mm -hmm. And they were pretty funny. They had a TV show. They had a, and I, and I went to the, so I went to see them live. And yeah, I was, I think I was 11. And I sneaked in a tape recorder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and I recorded the whole show. And then every night after my mother put me to bed, I would I would have the you know it was one of those di dictaphones mm -hmm. so yeah. really small, it was it was hidden under my pillow, <laughs> and I would listen to the show uh -huh. every night. Wow! So it was under my pillow, uh -huh. and I was and I was like listening to. Mm -hmm. I mean, listening to it because I just loved it, and uh, and there I learned a lot about. You know, rhythm and like the timing and... And, and, and did, did it stand-up comedy or was it? It was sketch comedy. Okay. Yeah, so it wasn't so much stand-up. All right. Stand-up, I discovered... Stand-up didn't exist in France 
until very recently because even even we called it like one man shows mm-hmm. but it was mostly sketch comedy or um, you know people would play he would play a character that uh, you know they they wouldn't play a version of themselves yeah. like and um, and it was you know Seinfeld uh, so first, actually, Seinfeld the show. First time I saw Seinfeld, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> and then, and then I saw the episode where, with the marine biologist. I don't know. Oh yeah. Yes. And, I, and then I got it because I am a lot like, like George, George inside. All right. Um, and so, so then I went to study in the U.S. because I was. Okay. So then, you know, after Seinfeld, I became a fan of like sitcoms, but still not really into stand-up because the only stand-up guy I knew was was Seinfeld yeah and uh, you know and only from the bits from the TV show yeah. and um, and that, then I went to study in the US and there I discovered stand-up yeah and um, and in the middle of my studies I decided okay this is what I'd like to this is what I'd like to try out and do and I, and I went to do some open mics in, okay. in Boston this is where I started my career. Mm-hmm. How long is that ago? <laughs> 2001. Okay, so you're an old timer then. Yeah, but it's 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 not like I've been doing it uh, ever since. Okay, ever since. There's been a lot of gaps. You know how old I was in 2001. I was seven. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I was seven. We have we have like three generations <laughs> of comics here, and and you're ageless, Andy. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for saying that. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. You could be like a baby you could be 15 father. or 55. That <laughs> <laughs> could be anything. Yeah. You could you could be literally like any of our ages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 26. You could be 22. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I tell you which one I would choose. Yeah. <laughs> 55. <laughs> probably probably not. You have the most fun. <laughs> Yeah, so then you came back to France. Yeah, and then and then in the US I started to, you know, at the time we still listened to CDs. So I bought a lot of CDs. I found, you know, like old um, routines from Woody Allen. Oh, um, oh yeah, I've got, I've got some of the, some of the they're, original. They're the, fantastic. The very early Woody Allen standards. So yeah, funny. Really clever guy, yeah. It's it, really early it, stuff when he, before he became an actor. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. just yeah. doing stand-up on and really clever. Yeah. Really clever. What I really like about Woody Allen is how he stuck through his movies. Mm-hmm. It's the same. You, you pick up Annie Hall from the 60s and mm-hmm. you pick up a movie that came out last year. It's the same structure. I mean, it is Annie Hall was Woody in the Allen. 80s, yeah. Late 70s. Late, very late, 78, late 70s. I think, yeah, yeah, 78, yeah. 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 So For him, it's all the same. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's been <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn you! <laughs> it was eons ago. <laughs> Once upon a time. <laughs> but yeah, but he stuck through his style, man. It works. And uh, the, the, he, he made a movie, I think it was a Woody Allen movie, called uh, Bullets on Broadway. Bullet over Broadway. It's even been adapted as a play and stuff, and it works just as well. I didn't see this one. Uh, it, it's just about this uh, play, a, a writer who's trying to direct this play, and he get his patron is this rich guy who has this henchman who takes care of his business and the henchman <laughs> starts directing the play like pseudo directing the play he gives him tips and his tips work mm-hmm. and then of course there's bullets over Broadway lots of people get shot lots of people die 
classical Woody Allen stuff. But it's been adapted. But you should it. listen to his stand up, man, because I it's should, so. Right? Yeah. It's so funny. I haven't ever. But seen and it's it's he's very clever, but it's not just clever. It's like people. I mean, it's it's like explosions of laughter uh, from the audience. But also, when did he do it? Like in early sixties. Yeah, yeah, right? in the sixties. Yeah. Back Is that then. stuff on YouTube? Yeah, but on YouTube you don't find the good clips. Like <laughs> I have, um, there's a CD. Like there was a CD which was kind of an anthology called Stand Up Comic. Uh, that's the title, some comic Woody Allen, and and there all the good, all the amazing bits are are in there. Okay. Yeah. And through Jerry Seinfeld, also I, I, I discovered a comedian called Robert Klein. Um, he's, he's quite old, you know. He was also in the you know 60s, 70s, um, and, and same, you know. And, and then I just when I discovered this, because comedy geniuses, I would just listen to the tapes you know the cds over and over so is, did that influence your style because i know I, my style was heavily influenced by of course louis ck george carlin you know, just talking about things well not not exactly uh, content wise but probably uh, performance wise interesting I'm, I'm gonna. I, I know I've already started to stop making sense, but uh, that's okay. You, well, that's this podcast doesn't need me. <laughs> that's where the actual comedy comes from. Yeah. No, I don't believe. Actually, I don't believe you can do comedy. Uh, like you can be drunk and do comedy. You need to be sharp. Or you need to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no. What I said was like, like, like no, sharp. with your friends. With your friends, you can be funny when you're drunk, etc. But if you're, you know, if you're on stage, yeah. doing a performance, you know, I think it's tricky to be, to be at your best if you're, if you're drunk. Yeah, well, Thank you, Mike. Yeah. No, when I went on first time, I didn't touch a drop. And people said, "Have a beer before you go on." Absolutely not. You got that. I, for me, I got no. the absolutely cones and stone cold sober, crystal clear. No, the way I do it, I always have one beer before I go up at the. International. I didn't have any at the McGee's because they're just way too pricey. Oh, oh, Jack made a joke about it. Oh, you want here? He's like, 12, 12 bucks for a Guinness. It better be hand delivered no by Bono. Really? Twelve francs for Guinness? Are they or See, you you can keep your prices. Fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot because it's like nine anywhere else. I mean, Kennedy's has good Guinness. And that's nice. That's the other place that might work for us. For for our Zurich listeners, yeah. at at the International Beer Bar, you get a much better beer for twelve francs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, true, it's yeah. actually yeah, yeah. You know, the beer at your International yeah. has actually ruined me mm. for other beers, yeah. especially when I go back to India because Indian beer. Well, it's just it's just lovely, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's ruined me. We had a party this weekend at my apartment, and I just couldn't drink beer because, of course, we get cheap as like one franc anchor beer, right? We're, that's the pre? Do you get the pre? Pre guarantee? Pre guarantee the the Migro. No, 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 We didn't go that cheap. I tell you, if you want, do you, do you know this shop in Switzerland called Landy? Yes. Landy, it's farmer shops out in the. I thought they only right. sell like agriculture. They sell, it's mostly farmer shops, but you can also buy plants and you can buy paints yeah. and local produce as well. You can buy apples from the next farm and stuff like that. But then they're not in the city; they're outside, and okay. they do it. And because I lived on the mountains with my. Uh, wife on yeah. the farm 
and we used to go every, every week I was going down there and I saw they had this beer called Farmer Beer okay. seriously it's called Farmer Beer and it was 50 rappen a big can wow. and I thought I can't I'm not going to drink crap like that I'm sorry and then a friend of mine he says right have you ever tried it I says no he said it's brewed in Germany for them and if you just want the good lager I mean it knocks the socks off fell so it's yeah. 50 so I used to get trays of it and I had a fridge <laughs> in the stable with the horses piled high of this stuff and I was going down there to do a bit of work in the stable sweetheart <laughs> thinking some shit drinking here one day the horses go crazy well yeah, the, the horses just, like the horses like beer like beer yeah, like beer yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, Andy, you can't escape. At some point, you're gonna yeah. have to yeah. say yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would, I would like to tell you how I got into comedy or uh, what inspired me to do that. I, uh, I remember that I listened to a lot of cassettes back in the. Uh, and now I'm revealing how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> back in the seventies. Cassettes in the seventies? Oh my god! <laughs> Maybe he's older than me. <laughs> Yeah, that was when I was about 20 years old. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and I was listening to a lot of cassettes, and some Sorry. of them uh, had, uh, uh, some of them were from from uh, comics and sketches as well. Were wait, really? In the 70s? No, I'm kidding. Oh, no, yeah. no, this no, must have been no, 80s because cassettes died out in the 80s. Surely, it's got to be 80s. I know cassettes. They still live down. They? All right. Till in India. In India. <laughs> oh, yeah, India. Probably in Switzerland also. <laughs> Do you still use a pencil to wind yeah, yeah, yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's how it goes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I like listening to that because it gave like some room for imagination and I really liked imagining stuff. Yeah. So uh, that was when I was, uh, you know, a child. And I found comedy again when I was... Uh, looking up stuff on YouTube and I stumbled upon George Carlin and, and, all the, and a lot of uh, other greats. Uh, Bill Hicks I really liked and uh, there were a few uh, more American comics to me which, uh, which, uh, which I found to be fascinating. Just the brutal honesty they had and, yeah. and uh, just how they talked about things was uh, refreshing to me. Because uh, living up in you know where, where, where you have like your your biggest goal is to uh, not be uh, as as be as less transparent as possible or as little transparent as possible everything keep everything back and in the family so that was like an outlet and really inspiring how people can go on stage and deliver that with intensity and the passion uh, these guys did and uh, it to me uh, was was uh, yeah. I I uh, I couldn't see myself doing this. I never would have believed that I'm actually <laughs> go going to be on stage and uh, trying that myself. Not with that passion, not with that intensity, but similar. And uh, I uh, uh, much later I came. Uh, I bought some books about how to be funny and comedy and stuff like that, and I read it. And with with, with like much of the books I I ordered via Amazon, I didn't end up reading the whole book but just put it back into the shelf where uh, or put it put, put it in the shelf so I uh, actually attended the workshop and I, uh, I told this to Ben uh, where I uh, told my life story and this was like part of the mm -hmm. part of the, the whole workshop that you're telling and revealing stuff about yourself mm -hmm. you usually wouldn't do and everyone was laughing and I couldn't really figure out why they were laughing all the time, but uh, at the end they were like doing some sort of uh, 
uh, feedback uh, so we were sitting in a circle they gave me feedback and they found the stuff I said to be hilarious mm -hmm. although that wasn't my intention to be funny at all <laughs> so I got confronted with that the first time I know that I uh, when I spoke in front of people that I usually get a chuckle or people laughing but that was just uh, I didn't think very much of, 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 of our give it didn't give it a second thought what this uh, uh, if, if I'm funnier or uh, I, I remember that I heard in a, on a podcast that actually the funny guy uh, uh, usually not ends up to be the comic when, when, when you when you look at the classroom and you have like one guy which is really funny and I was like uh, sort of the second guy in line uh, I, I always wanted to be funny I w wanted to be other things as well but <laughs> wanted to be funny and well, uh, didn't we all? yes yes and ended up uh, not being uh, the funny one and but but uh, sort of felt this is a, a skill I would like to have myself so anyway uh, to cut the long story short I uh, ended up being at that workshop got the feedback and committed myself to uh, do and try myself uh, uh, in stand-up mm -hmm. and uh, that's how I ended up with you guys and uh, trying myself the first time I think it was in July 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 yeah. the workshop over here the workshop was in South Germany okay. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. and it was in German it was in English yeah. okay what was the name of the workshop it was a, a, a nine-day intensive radical honesty workshop Good. Yeah, and so uh, this is how I ended up here and still trying to figure out what this means and uh, where this is uh, going and going to lead me. Yeah. yeah. Right. This thing about life story, telling your life story, it's like going back to Woody Allen, it's like him telling, like really opening up and admitting, you know, how, how neurotic he is and yeah. how crazy he is. Yeah. But I found that to be the real source of... Uh, there's a video out there from Greg Dean. I don't know, he wrote a book on stand-up. And he has a very interesting uh, a comment. Uh, it's about a three-minute video where he talks about the comedy voice, which is actually the voice, you know, in the back of your head, which always keeps blabbering about what's yeah. right, what's wrong, what you should and shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And actually, just bring that to the forefront. Mm -hmm. And being on stage, you have, like, the perfect platform mm -hmm. yeah. to just uh, let that loose and uh, talk... Do like that out loud meditation, sort yeah. of. Just bring that to the <laughs> forefront. Therapy. Yeah, it's yeah, a sort yeah, of a yeah, therapy. Yeah. And I think it's very liberating mm -hmm. for others too, I imagine, to be, uh, you know, upfront, be, you know, as mm -hmm. honest as you can be. And maybe you'll be uh, empathic or empathetic, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and get people empathetic about mm -hmm. uh, uh, who you are and mm -hmm. how you're uh, doing on stage. Mm -hmm. And I think that is some, uh, that, that's what's interesting to me in comedy that it uh, offers that uh, outlet on that platform to be uh, yourself on stage. Yeah, well done. Well, I guess... And I'd say your first time on stage, oh, yeah. we, no one knew whether, <laughs> whether you really bombed it or you would, that was your act. Yeah. Uh, it was so funny. Yeah, I, I, I got that <laughs> feedback. And, and, and you know, it's like uh, I've, 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 I can't really wrap my head around it. And I've mm. seen it multiple times and I don't find it to be very funny. But the people sort of find it funny. Yeah. And I'm still trying to figure out what is funny about it. I don't really know. I think part of it is this absolute honesty and openness. Yeah. When you go on stage and being... I mean, when I... When I nothing like totally different to what you did, but when I went on and I did my first two little introductions and literally what, what I was scared of happening happened. My mind went a complete blank. I had yeah. no idea what came next. 
and I could have just gone, oh shit, I'm sorry guys, and run off, and I thought, it's gonna come, but I need a bit of time. So I turned around and said, I'll be with you in a minute, and I turned around with the mic, and I said, right, I've done that thing about my father, I did think about that first girlfriend, right, now I've got it, and it, get, it bought yeah. me 20 seconds, and you can turn it, and you're, you're just admitting to the audience that you're a fucking idiot, you know, yeah. <laughs> that I, I'm, I've got real psychological problems, and yeah, I can't cope, I'm like everyone else, yeah, yeah. I can't cope, yeah. yeah. Really um, because at the end, people in the audience and the guy on stage all just the same right so and the fact that the guy on stage is admitting it and I, I mean I've shown your video from the first time here in July to lots of people everyone loves it and what I think was really funny about it was just how we'd never seen anything like that before no one had yeah, been on stage and just said like 15 words in total for five minutes yeah <laughs> and yeah. yet being so funny and it was what I thought was it, you would just sit there and you know, just scratch your nose or just you know, look around and be like yeah I've got and the one joke that he did try to make about bottled water <laughs> oh that was that was so remind funny remind me I can't remember the bottled water but so I was like, working uh, I've got a business proposal if yeah. anyone's interested what we will do is we'll take all the water resources we'll privatize, on the we'll earth, private, privatize yeah. them yeah. and then sell that water back to people if anyone's interested, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, because it was dead silence, yeah. he's like, maybe I should work on the delivery. But to be honest, I, I had for that uh, very first set, I had like uh, uh, two pages of written out material. Wow. And I said, no, that's hard to believe. But seriously, <laughs> seriously. And it was good stuff, to be honest. Okay. It was good stuff, to be honest. But it's just like I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, rehearse it, uh, yeah. apparently properly. <laughs> and I saw you, on, uh, you guys on stage, and you were just, you know, uh, uh, in your act, there was a lot of, you, you, you were talking a lot, like yeah. a lot of words per minute. <laughs> and, and I was just sitting down there and said, well, screw it all. I yeah. just go on stage and, and, and wing it. <laughs> and I, so I did. <laughs> so I did. I, I walked on stage, and uh, the only thing I had in my mind was, uh, you know, it's uh, the worst thing that can happen is me going blank. Yeah. And uh, this yeah. about uh, 20 seconds into the set. <laughs> this is what. I, this is what I said. So, uh, yeah. but you, you, you covered it up well. Then, yeah, I did. I did. I, I think. Um, I, I, I don't watch a lot of my videos. I have. Or I don't watch my videos at all because I have a hard time looking at myself. And. But but that 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 very one, I got a lot of feedback, and so I, I I watched it a couple of times, and I have to say I I found myself on stage to be likable, and it's not it it doesn't bother me so much being there and saying nothing. Yeah. It's a little bit of a contrast to all the other guys actually, you know, talking a lot. So yeah. I don't do so much, which gives me like some advantage uh, yeah. in preparation, and I do have some. <laughs> I do have some jokes. I, I I think to be funny, and they just didn't want to come out yet, and they will. And they will. Uh, I hope yeah. I hope they you, will. You're hatching your eggs soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but getting to our podcast, what I really wanted to know was what influences your comedic style, and what do you see your comedic style to be? Huh. To give you guys thinking time about it, I'll, I'll start with well, Please. Okay. I'm, 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 I know mine anyway, because I've already touched on it a little bit. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. And that, that was <coughs> the Larry the Cable Guy. Larry yeah. the Cable Guy is this American redneck 
and he goes on stage as, and, he, and he's very innocent, although he's very crude yeah. I mean, and very, I mean, for an American redneck audience, that's one thing. In, in Europe, some of this stuff is just too, it's really too crude too and, and, too, and too politically incorrect. I mean, yeah, touching on race, being racist as well on some of it, but he does it in, a, in an innocent way that you just feel sorry for him because he's such a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, and that's what, and that was a little bit of my idea is that I've got a character who's like really innocent, who doesn't understand, doesn't understand about women, yeah. uh, if you like, and the, and the problems and that, uh, that he has with women, and uh, I just don't get it, you know. But he opens up, and this what, what Andy was saying before, that you've got your, your inner guy inside telling you what to do. Yeah. He comes out on stage and just like you really open up. It's a bit of psychoanalysis, like Woody Allen. Yeah, a lot of his, his uh, you know, his, a lot of the times he goes on stage, says, "Yeah, I've been having a lot of trouble in my life recently, and I'd really like to tell you all about it." Yeah. And, and the, the audience then really like you because, like, you're really opening up, and they feel sorry for you, and and they like you. So I think that's where that's where my my ideas come from, and and the Yorkshire because I'm Yorkshireman, yeah. and, and it's using the Yorkshire hyper characteristics. Yeah. Like. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, that's next. I mean, what you said about Yorkshire, it just. It just comes in, you know, because uh, you are an immigrant or an expat since you're British. No, no, I'm not an expat. I live here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it just because you're in a different country, I mean, that's what I was getting. Uh -huh. You're in a different country, so something about your original country just comes in. I mean, I never intended my material to be just about being a brown guy. Which is yeah. why every time I write down my set, I try to keep it at a minimum. Mm -hmm. But I know this is what really yeah, exactly. gets the audience. Yeah. You know, e uh, even the gig at McGee's last month, um, I, I, I wrote a new brown guy bit, you know, like two minutes, new brown guy bit. And it was great. I mean, everyone loved it. But it still makes me feel weird. Like, you know, I mean, is that it? I mean, I, that's just selling myself cheap. I don't know. But what my influence, what influenced my comedic style, I mean, I can't quite say in absolute terms, but so far, of course, what uh, the style has been more influenced by, I would say, Jerry Seinfeld and Louis C.K., just standing there saying things. That's the style. I can't do sketches. I can't do a Yorkshire guy. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to pull that off. So my style would be just to say things. But about the content, what I think, maybe it's just the young idealism talking in me, which you guys might reminisce about right now. <laughs> no, it's, it's long dead I, enough. I, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't miss those days at all. Yeah. I'm enjoying it right, but, uh, right now, I please, please proceed, we find this very cute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my idea is to talk about things that make the audience uncomfortable and, of course, make them laugh at the same time. So, like the bits I did uh, about um, the Catholic Church and then homeopathy and then gay sex and everything, right? I mean, it makes the audience uncomfortable in some way, but it's still funny. So that's what I try to do. Even the gig that I've written for the next, uh, whenever we're doing it next month, November, it's just, yeah, it's just about making the audience uncomfortable. Lots of comedians do it anyway. I mean, if you look at George Carlin, he had this one... Uh, monologue like a 15 20 minute monologue where he just kept speaking about things talking about politicians talking about just all the bad things happening in the world and society and it was uncomfortable but very funny at mm -hmm. the same time 
that's what I see my style. I would like my style to be. Yeah. What about you? You've a little bit like Andy. You know, the first when I really thought about oh let's do stuff that has to do with theater and everything, I was kind of lured by you know kind of like dreams of fame and stuff like that. But but. So I did my freshman year at college, and then I went back to France. And uh, the summer holidays in the U.S. are so long. It's like four months. And so I, I, I went back in May, and I was on my own in France. And I started to read a lot. Okay. For the Because I was consuming a lot of, like, films and, uh, and plays, but actually not, you know, I, I really got into it, like, that summer. And... Uh, Sure, I'll have another beer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'll have a seventh beer. <laughs> and um, but then I read that summer. I read Moliere, you know the the, the French writer from uh, 17th century. Okay. Uh, 17th century. Wow. So I'm not saying he's the influence of my comedy style, but what happened then was I was reading a Moliere play, and I was like holy crap, this is exactly how I'm feeling. And, and from then I got very similar thoughts to you, Andy, which was like, wow, if you really write or perform from this really authentic, deep place of your soul, yeah. then this is a timeless, you know, and this guy was 500 years ago and I could relate to what he was saying. And then I started to read plays from ancient Greece and if it was really well written, I could relate. I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is in, interconnecting us, yeah. human beings from different countries, from different eras, from different cultures, etc. Like if you do it very well, you speak from like this, this soul that is universal. So unfortunately, make, having this realization has put a tremendous pressure on my shoulders. <laughs> That and I think you know that's why I think it's been really so. Like you were joking, oh, so you're an old timer, and I say, well, there's been gaps. It's because, it, you know, you know, I would do it for maybe a couple of years, and then I would stop for a decade, yeah. because it's so much pressure on me. Beca because there's this, you know, I see these amazing authors, and not just in comedy, but but in general in literature, but but also, you know, like for example, you you speak about Louis C.K. I think Louis C.K. is the latest one that is. This one's going to save my shoe leather, okay then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike just served me a pint. I'm just explaining to the, the million <laughs> listeners. Um, and so as a style, I think, I don't know, like what I try to do is what Andy said. Like I try to be, I, tr I try to be, in that place where it, it's coming from uh, really a common human experience, it's coming from really deep, but it's really hard to get. But unlike Andy, my approach is like, you know, so, so Andy would go on stage and like, okay, I, you know, there I'm performing, and if it's not coming from the depth of me, I'm not saying it. <laughs> Whereas I come more from an approach of I'm saying it no matter what, <laughs> and see what happens. Um, but but I don't, you know, I used to be very. Like, I used to be very influenced by those CDs that I listened to a lot, so Woody Allen, Robert Klein, yeah. um, uh, Chris Rock. Oh, okay. Um, and it was almost, you know, kind of copying. Yeah. 
what I, what I was you know what I was doing. And and recently I'm I'm trying to be really much you know like trying to shy away from from imitating a style and going with my own thing. So mm -hmm. yeah, my last gig when I went you know you weren't there, Mike, but I went up and I said you know. Uh, I talked about how much food I fucking eat, <laughs> but it was so liberating. Uh, <laughs> it's like why not? Yeah, it's just like it's like a therapy. But same, you know, the, and yeah. even the first gig, yeah. you know, when my yeah. first joke was about how I was not getting laid in high school, yeah. <laughs> I, I was, and then everybody loved it, and you know, and so I think now I'm starting to touch. I'm start. I'm slowly starting to touch this kind of place where I want to be but it's really hard like you know and it goes back and forth like you know for, for when I was the night that I was hosting and I had this this bit about self-driving cars and being angry in traffic and and then you know and then it didn't work very well and, and then you know I realized well that's because I'm not really angry in traffic you know it's like my yeah. mother's really angry Destiny. in traffic yeah. but I couldn't care less you know I'm like ah, I'm listening to programs and because it wasn't true yeah. it just didn't come out um there has to be there has to be something of the character in you. And yeah. um, when I t when I showed my girlfriend that video, when I told Helen to show that, I says, "Look, it's not me, sweetheart. Okay, it's just me playing a character because this is a bit outrageous." And she's and like, she "No, laughed. it's you." And then, yeah, <laughs> not quite. Just, but you know, inside inside every actor, there's a little bit of the real person. Oh shit! <laughs> but she laughed at them. You know. But 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 I get your point. You know what you said about what you why you sh keep stopping after for a little while, then you stop. Because I remember reading about someone who, who said the who was, he wanted to be an author. He's like the writing that I was reading was far superior to what I was writing. So just the pressure of trying to be what I wanted to be, yeah, kept you know yeah, stifling. Yeah. So yeah. And it's really hard, and and um, but I think you know in stand up there's no other option than to be completely unique mm -hmm. and fine. and find your core because if you find that core then it's very unique and it's very true. But if you're not, you know, that's why I don't believe there are a lot, you know maybe no, now like uh, like I mean, what Andy like, did, what Andy did was unique. That was just yes. something really unique, um, probably the most unique so far. Well, <laughs> the top of my head, I would guess. What I really like about what we've got at the open mic is probably because all of us come from different cultures and different backgrounds, all of us have different styles. None of us have overlapping style. I couldn't go there and do what Andy does, and you couldn't go there and pull off a brown guy joke. <laughs> but Although I wish I could get back at you. But <laughs> <laughs> right? And and that is good, really good for us, because what I've noticed, especially in the Indian uh, comedy scene, is that lots of upcoming comedians, and even the slightly established ones now, they have the same routine, the same stuff. Mm. And everyone who wants to be a comedian now, because it's the new thing, they just copy that. And so it just... it's. Yeah. There's a lot of stand-up, which, yeah. stand which is all the same. The yeah. same kind of coming on being angry. Coming on being angry, yeah. coming on yeah. talking about how our mothers treated us as kids, mm -hmm. talking about how schools were like. Mm -hmm. you know, it's the same thing over and over again, which is something we haven't done mm -hmm. yet so far, and we probably won't because of 
how different our backgrounds are. Which brings us to you, Andy. Yeah. What do you see? Um, Where do you want to go with this? You uh, said you have lots of material, but yeah, you we, we want to see it. You've shown us about two percent of it <laughs> so yeah, far so in the four <laughs> gigs you've done. <laughs> Um, Wait, uh, it's, I'm sorry. It's a, yeah. Was he the same at Maggie's as well? Yes. Yeah, no, no. But he, he, yeah, he was. It was. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's same but different. Uh, different. Uh, I was uh, working a lot harder, and <laughs> I was working a lot harder at Maggie's because I was uh, in between the microphone not working, and uh, after me it was working again. So I yeah. had a little bit of my routine was shouting. <laughs> was me on top of my lungs shouting? Right. Yeah. So I wasn't quite as calm as I uh, uncollected as I <laughs> consider myself to be if the microphone <laughs> is working. But I, uh, th I, I'm doing it for uh, you know all the selfish reasons. I would like to be famous. I would like to be loved by thousands of women, and I would like to be r getting rich in the process. And I don't see it happening. But in I the still process. Would <laughs> in the process. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> Uh, that is not the end goal, but I would love it. No, it's all about enjoying the process. <laughs> and in that process, you know, <laughs> the, the dollars are flowing and the girls. <laughs> and uh, a bit, a bit I have is like I'm, I'm really pissed off about the fact that everyone sh is trying to show their uh, 30 seconds of good material they have, mm -hmm. and just try, uh, trying to you know get that out there. And get that happening, and we're so uh, we're, there's so much uh, pretending, you know, that we want to be better than we actually are, and uh, it's that selfie, that equivalent to the selfie picture you take, and then you look at those pictures and think you're beautiful because that one selfie looks good, but actually you're not. <laughs> so, so well, it, that's harsh. <laughs> I know it's harsh, but I I just think <laughs> it it should it should be a bit more honest. Uh, I thought everybody was beautiful. Yeah. We, 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 it depends who is everybody. <laughs> <laughs> everybody except a certain group of people yes. is beautiful. Yes. But but what I'm trying to uh, what I'm trying to say here is like uh, I'm I, I really like this that this and I, I didn't envision it to be like that but this ex existentialistic kind of you know, uh, a thing I portray when I'm on stage. Yeah. I'm, uh, I imagine a different in different, but, but on stage this just happens to be something which comes out naturally. And uh, so I'll see where this actually leads to, but I would like to have a little bit more stage time to actually get comfortable to a point where I feel like I can get in some jokes at times, yeah. you know, <laughs> just to be, have that freedom. So much you need half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's the amount of time I need on stage, but more like the frequency. Yeah. I think if I did that like on, a, on, on, a, on a two, two gigs a night, you know, I yeah. uh, end up being like uh, uh, so much, more free there's so much more freedom being on stage after uh, two yeah. years yeah, that's true. <laughs> or, or <laughs> do, do you have any previous okay, experience really, the guy needs two years <laughs> but do, do don't you invest have anything it's way too long but do you have any experience uh, like previous experience on stage no yeah i actually studied music oh. i'm a phenomenally bad guitar player okay 
and uh, that's I, a skill to boast about on a resume. I did that for the, exactly the same reason, you know, to get famous, uh, uh, meet a and lot of women, women in the in process. The process. <laughs> 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 that's right. And that didn't work out. And actually, to, to, to be quite honest with you, that is the first time in my life where I'm getting the response I'm getting from you, and I'm, I'm gotten from other people that they uh, uh, tell me that I have some sort of talent and I was looking for that talent a very long time, I being 50 years old. But you must answer the question. Have you oh, gotten laid? Are you really? <laughs> yeah, I oh, I'm it's sorry. Been, <laughs> it's been boggling our minds for the past hour. And then, have you gotten laid since? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did and I'm uh, 35. That answers the question. <laughs> but that thing about going, I, I, I think I always wanted to do some acting. I think I did it at school, but later on I always wanted to do some acting. And when I was younger, I was really shy. I was really, really shy. And I thought actually going onto stage, being being somebody else, is a way to get over that, that shyness. And um, I think it must have been about 10 years ago, I was best man at my brother's wedding in Madrid. And I had to give a speech. In, and I did something go into it now but I did something really different and, and unique and funny because it was a Spanish and mostly Spanish and Americans uh, with some British there so the British typical best man speech is like you're taking the piss out of the, yeah. the guy who's getting married and I did a little bit of that but I, I worked on this and one of the, my brother's friends is an actor professional actor and we got the bus back into Madrid we're at, outside Madrid and he says uh, you've done acting before I says no he says the way you delivered those lines the way that you did these pregnant pauses in between, the way you built up the tension to the funny line, he says, and he said it was so professional. Yeah. I thought, wow, maybe I can do that. Maybe that's how I then, maybe, no, I didn't think of doing stand-up comedy then. I really thought about doing like some amateur acting, like yeah. uh, amateur dramatics. I think it's, uh, yeah, amateur dramatics and, and comedy is pretty much the same thing. Fun and fun. and if, you, if you're a shy person, which I was when I was younger, it's a way of getting of getting over that and being somebody else and it's not you you're not yeah you're not you're, you're not being you anymore you're being somebody else I'm or this little guy who's behind you or sat on your shoulder by yeah. like, you know, being the other guy the confident guy you let him be the actor i think uh, peter sellers said something similar mm -hmm. i remember when i uh, a friend talked about me uh, talked to me mm -hmm. about P, uh, well, who was it, Sellers? Uh, Peter Sellers. Peter yeah. Sellers, yeah. And uh, he said, like, he had he could play every role, or mm -hmm. uh, you know, but he just couldn't play himself. Yeah, yeah that was that came from the Michael Parkinson chat show. Michael Parkinson's the, the famous ah, chat show he? host, okay. and Michael Parkinson kept on trying to get Peter Sellers to come on as a chat show, and they, it was booked. And then, like the last minute, Michael uh, Peter Sellers would back out, and then and Michael Parkinson says he was getting so fed up with this because he wanted Peter Sellers wanted yeah. to do it. Yeah. And then in the end, Peter Sellers, like on the last occasion, the day before, he says, I can't do it. He says, why? What's wrong? He says, I can't, I can't be me. Yeah. I can't yeah, convince yeah. myself. Yeah. And he says, okay, come on as somebody else then. Yeah. Yeah. And he did. He came on as a German stormtrooper <laughs> <laughs> with a, Germ with a yeah. German. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? And, and he became, he was this character. Yeah. He couldn't be himself. Couldn't and Michael Parkinson himself. said the same thing. A lot of comedians... Uh, Tommy Cooper, the famous English comedian, so I, I read a, 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 a documentary about him. He was the same. He could, he, he would never open up him personally. Mm. He, you would only get to know him by his character. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And he came up, and he was one of the funniest guys on on, mm. on, on the Michael Parkinson show. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
and uh, one of his, I remember one of his lines. This is uh, it was the, the the anniversary of Winston Churchill dying. It was like 20 years since Winston Churchill died, and this Peter Sellers says, "It's like you're English. You're going all about your your Winston Churchill dying." He says. And you're so proud of him, and you say he was a painter. He was a painter. He was proud of being a painter. Adolf Hitler. He was a painter. He could paint. A, he could paint an apart, apartment. Two two coats. <laughs> two coats in in three hours. You Winston Churchill couldn't have <laughs> Should we end it here then? Yeah, I think it, it feels right. Yeah, yeah, yeah it feels right. Yeah, I've got to clear up and close up the shop. Yeah. We can have another beer at the bar. Yes, I'm going to be here for half an hour, so there's no. Uh, yeah. I've got a few more points in my about that. So we have a word for a mighty audience. Yeah, yeah well, that was so. episode one of Comedians in yes. Bars Getting uh, Talky. Yeah. Let's see if we can move on to other bars. But so far, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see I'm definitely goes. going to other bars tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday night is the night, <laughs> the night in Zurich. Bring it on.